Hey guys, welcome to a new series, Failing Forward. So this is the Buzzcast. So uh, Greg Burns, this is his second year in beekeeping, and this is going to be my first. We have very different situations and love talking to Greg, so I figured this would be a great opportunity for a podcast. So I like Failing Forward and the idea of Failing Forward, and, and due to the fact that you know our first year, Scott and I, it was important to you know, go down what we're doing every week. But now that we're a little bit more experienced, we're both kind of bored with it. And we think you guys are too. So I was like, well, what else, what would be, what else would be new and exciting? And, and Greg, who listens to the show recommended this and I, and I was definitely on board. So, uh, this is just, we basically on this episode, just go through Greg's first year in beekeeping, what our goals are for the year. Um, we talk a lot about the Ohio GSD crew, and then we also talk about you know our B class and 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 very very a varied amount of topics. That's probably the wrong word because I don't know I don't understand English. I've only talk, spoke it for thirty two years, so well maybe thirty one technically. So so let's move on to the affiliates. So. One thing that Greg discusses on this podcast is the homes, urban homestead bundle. So if you're like me and you have an urban homestead, urban farm, or even something that Charles C. Smith talked about, um, and he talked about it before, but in this very nice article he wrote about me recently, he spoke a lot about Farmer X, or as Greg and I like to call it, the farmstead. So if you're an urban farmsteader or just and or urban homesteader greg has a very nice bundle for you and this is exclusive for the sample hour podcast listeners so for 75 bucks you would get Ant antonovica apple that's antonovica apple i just like to sound stupid guys one elderberry tree one elderberry bush yeah an elderberry tree uh one american plum one mulberry one nanking cherry one Bartlett pear, which is great root stock. So I think if you're looking for something for great roots, the Bartlett pear is amazing. We were actually just at uh, Paul Paul Waller's and uh, Katie Sorucra. Uh, so I messed up her last name. Paul and Katie's house, and they had just in their marsh, which is like boot, like basically you walk through and it pulls your boots off your feet. They had these, I think they had like three or four just strong looking Bartlett pears flowering, ready to spit out some pears that you wouldn't want to eat. And then you also get six comfrey cuttings. But the Bartlett pear, I'm a huge fan of that that tree. I mean, it wherever you go, you plant it, it's going to root. I mean, talk about something that wants to stay alive and grow. Um, and the description is, if you're looking to grow food, not lawns, this is the bundle for you. Whether you're working with a backyard or a small homestead, we've included a fruit and medicinal cocktail to help encourage you to, to growing your own fruit and medicine. Just think of all the jams, jellies, hooch. Oh, yeah, and also Bartley pears is great for hooch. Uh, poultices, no idea what that mean, that word means. Tinctures and salves. You could craft from your own homegrown backyard abundance. So the next is the farm setter bundle, bundaroo, as I like to say. Um, and oh, yeah, also these, these are only available till April 24th. So this is something that isn't going to be a long, isn't going to be around long. 
I don't know why I can't speak English today, guys. I think it's because a cat just jumped on me. I'm not, I'm not good at multitasking, and I don't pretend to be. So basically, so the varieties for the farmsteader bundle, and it's two twenty five, so it's a little bit more, but you get a whole lot more. You get two Antonovka apple, two American plum, two mulberry, two naking cherry, two Bartlett pear, two persimmons, uh, two hybrid chestnut, two hybrid hazelnut, two Norway spruce, two elderberry, two ginkgo bil- biloba, biloba, ginkgo biloba. I always want to say Bilbo, like Bilbo Baggins. It's the dork that I am. Two black locust and twelve comfrey cuttings. So quite the bargain for two twenty five. That's a that's a lot of plants. Um, and this is from Greg. We've put together a bundle with food, fiber, and fuel crops in mind. Are you interested in developing a fruit and nut orchard with an abundant understory of medicinals while you're also growing high value timber? Are you interested in making jams, jellies, or turning fruit into hooch? How about growing nutrient-dense nuts? I don't know why that sounds so funny to me, but it does. Let's grow some nutrient-dense nuts. Need windbreaks or like the idea of cutting your own homegrown Christmas tree? Yeah, the spruce is a beautiful tree, Um, especially for – I always – so I felt so dumb because – Greg was pointing at these spruces down the street. He goes, yeah, I think it's the distance of that, you know, that spruce. I mean, you mean the pine trees? Like, no, the spruce tree. All right, so it's just something that I think is funny. Sorry, guys. How about growing your own medicinals for poultices? There's that word again that I don't understand. Tinctures and salves. How about growing high-value pole wood, fuel wood, or living fences? If so, this is the bundle for you. So, and I agree. So, and something, I mean, you know, Greg's done a lot of research on this stuff and he has a ton of dogwood. So what he was just doing for, uh, I mean, if you ever hit up Greg and you want to know what is the best firewood for your wood burning stove, he's the dude to talk to. So he knows a lot about this stuff. Um, I hope I'm not like butchering what he sent me. Maybe it's funny and maybe people will like it. So Take advantage of these bundles, guys. So this is a, a BuzzCast exclusive, so sample hour exclusive. So definitely take advantage of that. Um, so I wanted to lead with that just because, you know, Greg is on the episode and we do talk about that. Uh, something else that would love for you guys to do, if you want to support the show, um, go ahead and become a patron. Um, so like I said before in the last episode, Starting at five dollars a month, I'm I'm way ahead of recording podcasts. I'm actually recording. I already recorded one this morning. We're gonna record a second one um, in like forty five minutes, which means nothing to you guys from when this is gonna be released. But just to let you know, like I've been upping my podcast schedule since I have more time, um, and I'm gonna release them all in the highest quality that I can produce with GarageBand because I don't have a I don't have storage limits with Patreon. So um, you'll hear everything. At the highest quality on Patreon. Um, so if you want, so $5 a month gets you access to that. Then anything above, there's some silly silly perks that you get with that as well. Um, and, and you guys can support the show. So it helps helps me keep doing this. Not that I wouldn't keep doing it, but it, I, it gives me a lot more motivation. I'm not going to lie. Um, if you don't want to sign up for the monthly thing and you just want to do a one-time donation... And then you want access to early early shows. I'll work something out with you as well for that. So 
just uh you know just shoot me an email or if you want to do a donation there's a contribute button or image you just click on that um and then let's go into the other affiliates besides nature's image farm so if you want to learn how to grow and propagate pawpaws grant schultz has a great free course just click on the little gif or gif whatever you want to call it you'll see it it's for pawpaws it's in the show notes um if you want to lose weight i'm a big fan of kevin geary's work uh i i mean if i haven't done a lot of podcasts about it but there's a lot of bullshit in the fitness industry and, and kevin does a great job of cutting right through it and really just gives you the bare bones of what you need to know for sustainable weight loss or just become more healthy, whether it be sleeping better and everything else. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Kevin's work. Um, and so, yeah, so moving on. Um, if you want to become a profitable urban farmer, uh, I highly recommend Curtis Stone's course. I, I'm a member. I, I signed up for the course just like I signed up for Kevin's course. Um, you can actually save a hundred dollars if you click on the first link that's in the show notes and the second link sets you up for the payment plan. That's what I did. And then last but not least, if you want to start a podcast, I'm a big fan of podcast blast off. So click on that link in the show notes and I'll be more than happy to tell you everything I do. Um, in that way, if, if you hate the way my podcast sounds, you can know what not to do. Just teasing. So whatever you would need, I'd be more than happy to do a, a free consulting session if you wanted to sign up for Podcast Blast Off. With that being said, guys, I hope you enjoy the show, and I'm looking forward to bringing you more episodes soon. Live at the Burns Farmstead, I'm here with the legendary Greg Burns. Hey, Drew. Hey, buddy. How How's are you? Going? You're Great. legendary now. Legendary. Top, top, uh, I don't know. Yeah, you're legendary. I, I won't make it any more weird than that. <laughs> Anyways, we're here today. There's a lot of bad legends. It, I, I, I fall in that category. <laughs> I don't think amongst Facebooks though. There's not. There's not bad legends there. Not amongst the community. Um. <laughs> so, anyways, we're here because uh, you and I talked about doing a couple podcasts together, and this is one of them. And we thought last year because I mean. Uh, you know, we we actually you give me a lot of good inputs about the podcast because you listen and you're a good friend and 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 when I'm you can tell when I'm uh, struggling to kind of figure out what I want to do next with the show and then we'll have conversations and uh, you know one thing that we came up with was because Scott and I were both kind of like I don't want to do failing forward we didn't want to do the same thing every week again because I think the first year it was interesting because it's like okay it's year one and farming. So we had some different ideas, and this was one of them that you came up with since we actually uh, decided – so you were already doing bees, and I decided I want to get into bees. So we're going to meet once a month and discuss bees, and uh, and so it's – so what basically um, – you've been doing this for two years, so I think that's important. So kind of get into your history with bees, and then I'll, I'll get into my history with bees, which isn't much – yeah, 
I think one of the good ideas about the podcast is we're we're not claiming to know all the answers, and we're we're both. So this will your your starting ground zero this year. This will be our second year in keeping bees, and there's a lot of uh, valuable, I think, info on being honest and you know learning as we go for folks that you know don't have that experience. There's not a whole lot of bee mentors, you know, for folks to cling on to and kind of learn from. And so I think if we can shed a little bit of light, honest light as to our experience and how we're doing things, that'll be, you know, pretty helpful to, uh, to folks, but this will be our, uh, our second year. And, uh, we learned a whole lot last year and how we, we, we managed the bees and what our goals were and what our, our, what our ideals were. And so we're trying to piggyback on that this year and make some changes and and uh, and, and grow some bees. Yeah. So going into this year, what did you learn? What did you learn from last year that? Because uh, I I know just from talking to you. So when I when I first saw all your bees, um, you had I think you had a total of four hives last year. Uh, we had we had five there at one point. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and I know there was so there's two down there, and then there's three on the farm, or farm? right? Okay, yeah, and I'd seen the three on the farm, and it was it's kind of like it was interesting because you had I think you purchased two of the hot like two bee two of the bees for each of those, and they were the bigger ones, and then you caught I think you just put out a hive there, and then a, just a swarm a swarm came. trap, yeah, yeah, and and so um, what did you learn from just from your experiences? La- I mean. Because it sounded like you learned more. I mean, I'm sure you learned more every year, but it sounded like you took away a lot more last year. Yeah, I think we'll, you know, what we did last year, we'll learn from it for many years to, you know, to come as we start to figure out all these kind of things. But we we came into last year with uh, we we bought four local nukes. Um, they were supposed to have been Ohio, Ohio wintered uh, with some Floridian genes in there, but um, they. They turned out to be, you know, pretty good. Um, we had some challenges for sure, you know, going into the year. We, you know, like, you know, we raise our livestock here with, you know, no medications, you know, no shots. You know, they're on non-GMO feed. We have a particular way we want to raise meat um, that we're going to turn into nutrition for ourselves. So with the bees, you know, you wanted, we wanted to take a certain approach that, that wasn't the modern conventional approach. We weren't interested in treatments. Uh, we weren't interested in uh, keeping bees on crutches. Um, <clears throat> but after the first year, you know, we kind of realized, it, it, you always hear that, you know, well, beekeeping's unnatural. What's well, true, you know, be, you know be, keeping bees in boxes and managing them for honey and frames, that's not a natural component. You know, bees live in trees and their most natural environment um, to where we're not getting in robbing or moving things around. They set up their, their structure. They swarm when they want to swarm. They multiply when they want to multiply. They know what's best for them. However, you know, we want to manage those systems in a way that, that benefits us as well. And to do that is, is, is unnatural, but we try to do those things in the most natural replication that we can looking at nature and looking how the bees kind of operate so last year we brought in four um five frame nuke boxes that were here that were there were there were local ohio bees um they were a mix of i thought they were prim- primarily italians but one of them turned out to be russians which that's a whole other um 
it's a whole other uh, story there. But um, they they started off pretty well, and um, you know my local bee uh, bee mentor here is, is Shane McClellan, and uh, he's he struggled with, with with bees, and he's got to be you know really really careful if he gets stung, he can get in a bad way quick. Yeah. So I really don't try to bug him a whole lot to come out here and look and, and see what I'm seeing. Even though he's like more than willing to, we'll, oh yeah, we'll put he, that he out would there. be here yeah. if you ask him. He'll be here. But yeah, he loves it. But it's just like a guy that could die from getting stung by bees. Yeah, and I mean, who's bees are friend. important to me, but they're yeah, not that yeah. important to me. Yeah, for me to learn from at his expense like that. You know, last time he was here, we were in. Oh, I think he came out in July or June, and he was like, you know, triple layers, and he was ringing wet, and you could tell he just wasn't having any fun. Yeah, you know, doing it. So from then, it was like, you know. You know, I'll 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 seek his his wisdom when it's absolutely necessary. Otherwise, you know. But for a lot of these things, especially like like what we do, we're trying to figure out things on our own too. Yeah. Not that we're you know trying to claim the wisdom or, um, or um, you know take any kind of glory from the credit. That's not really it. It's it's we want to. There's there's a certain I think uh, hillbilly almost pride. And I hate to say pride in a in a negative way, but there's a, there's a stubbornness to us yeah, Appalachian folk. That I think that's the best way to say it. Yeah. And some people are so stubborn they won't even claim to be stubborn like my mom, which is funny. Right. I just realized that growing up. Like so anyway. So stubborn you're not stubborn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's that's true. That's probably I'm, de- a lot I'm of determined. Them. determined. I'm determined. I'm not stubborn. Headstrong. I'm determined. I know what I want in this life. I, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> But we 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 kind of want to figure these things out because while you know you know Shane has had his experiences here he you know he was he kept for a long time uh, was was really really good at it and then had to him and his him and his son both had to kind of pull back because they both developed those allergies um, where it was you know obviously highly detrimental to their health to keep pursuing bee stings but um, so we're trying to figure out a lot of it here and you know our contexts are always going to be a little bit different. We have, you know, two bee yards. We have the one here at the house and one at the farm. Last year that we had them that we had, we had similar management um, goals for both which was to just keep bees alive um, without doing anything for them. Yeah. So when we first got the bees here, you know, I had no experience. I really hadn't even dug into a whole lot of literature or really learning and um we brought two two nukes in here um, at the house, uh, got them going, and you know I was talking to Shane. Shane, do I do I feed him? Do I not want to feed him? I really, you know, want bees that can kind of do their own thing. And he says, "Well, you can you know try and see what happens. Do it do it both ways." So I took a couple of nukes to the farm. Uh, I didn't feed them. Uh, I didn't do anything for them. And the ones here at the house, I had I had fed them and gave them. Um, um, some essential oils to help them kind of get started. Well, I, I think I've mixed that way too strong and my sugar ratio was way too thin and there was lots of things that I learned along the way, but the hives here at the house that I had, had uh, fed sugar to um, and, and gave them the essential oils, they um, were doing really poorly at first. So I got rid of the feed and uh, they, they kind of got through the next cycle of bees and, um, then they started doing you know pretty good, but the the hives at the at the farm that I didn't even touch, those were doing really 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 you know they were doing really well. Um, they were exploding in population, lots of bees, um, lots of brew. The laying the laying the queen her laying pattern 
you know, one thing you, you, you look for is when you have, when, when you're beginning, there's so much to take in, but like the, the big things to always remember is, um, you know, like, like what we've learned is, you know, bees do two things. It's multiply and make honey. Yeah. No matter which way you cut it, they multiply and make honey. Um, and if you're managing bees, you're managing their population booms and how and where and when they make honey. Um, so at the farm, they were multiplying and making honey. Um, we had taken those five frame nukes that we had bought and immediately put them into 10 frame boxes, which I think was a big mistake. They had too much room um, and their growth was a little bit slower. Um, it kind of gave us some buffer. You know, when you talk about 10 frames and five frames and eight frames and all the different ways to keep bees, there's, there's, lo- there's a lot of ways to do that. And, and last year, we just simply took the five frame nuke boxes that we had got from the person that we bought them from took those five frames, put them in a 10-frame Langstroth box, and then just let them kind of do their thing. And it gave us some buffer time because they had too much room to grow in that box initially. It gave us some time to kind of catch our breath, enjoy it a little bit, you know, try, try to figure some things out. Um, um, but a long story short, and we can, we'll probably touch more as we go throughout these these episodes throughout the year, we'll probably piggyback on things that we see this year versus last year. Yeah. Um, um, but to make a... a the first, you know, kind of briefly recap that season is um, the hives here at the house. We had, we had our, I actually ran out of boxes. And so I had one of the hives in a, in a 10 frame Langstroth box. And I had the other hive and five frame nuke boxes. Um, and so when I was, you know, building these beehives, stacking the boxes up, you know, the, the, the bottom box is typically for the brood chamber where the queen, the queen's laying her eggs and they're making more bees. And then you stack a box on top. And that's typically where they're going to put their honey pantry, all the honey that they need for their needs throughout the year. And then the you know, typical beekeeping is then you'll stack a third box on top of that, and that'll be all the honey you can pull off. Yeah. You know, that way you'll leave the bees, the, the colony, an entire box of honey. Well, that's, that, that was our basic strategy was let them multiply in the bottom box, add a, add a box on top um, for their honey needs, and then add that third box on top for any honey that, honey, for any honey that we might pull off. Well, here at the, the the bee yard here at the house, um, the we had one like like I said we had one one colony in a ten frame Langstroth box that we were stacking up, and then I ran out of boxes, so I was using five frame nuke boxes. Well, I, what I had seen immediately is the colony that we had put in the five frame nuke box and stacked those vertically. They were running out of room way quicker. They were multiplying way faster, and they were making a lot more honey. And so we were stacking those boxes more frequently. Well, that that hive became so strong, um, they actually were going into the hive next to them, robbing them out and killing out that hive, killing that queen. And they was, was there a difference in the in the breed of bees? Too? Well, see, at at first, it looked like they were just Italians, but those were the Russians. But I think they I don't know if they if if they never absconded. They they never they never had left. Um, but I think maybe I just wasn't. I didn't pick up that they were they were Russians until later on in the year. You know that they that that hive in the in the vertical nuke boxes. You know they were always a little bit more aggressive. They were always a little bit rowdier. Um, they would always fly at your veil and tap you, let you know they were there. The hive right next to it didn't do that. You know, so one way that that we we the, the, the temperament was one way. We we started saying, hey, these are these are a different type of a bee in here. Um, but also their their coloration. They were they had a. Their abdomen was darker, like the Italians are like a gold, gold yellow with with the with the brown or you know 
light light black stripes. Yeah, and then the the Russians were they had a they were a darker darker gold, almost a brown and black stripe on the back. They were a much darker. I'm on the rear end. Um, and so the more we kept getting into the hive to learn and observe, the more we, we started seeing, wow, these bees are a little bit more frantic. They're a little bit more aggressive. Um, they were always queened, um, but they were they always had something to protect, So which is why they were aggressive. They always had a lot of honey and a lot of brood. Um, so they kept going into the hive. Our hives here at the, at the, at the or both bee yards are stacked right next to each other, like a, just a couple feet away. And um, the the hive we're talking about here, the Russian hive, um, they just kept wiping out the hive next to it. So, you know, in my first year of beekeeping, I'm thinking, well, there's got to be a way I can fix that without going and buying more bees. Yeah. And so I got with Shane and said, hey, Shane, what can I do? What if I do this? What if I just take a couple frames or one frame out of this really booming hive, you know, dump some of the, of the, the nurse bees in there and let them draw out their own queen cell and make a new queen? And he said, definitely, that, 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 that'd work just fine. So I did that, and then that hive exploded, and they had numbers really, really quick. I mean, 10, 10 to 12 days later, they were they were rocking and rolling. I'm like, okay, that's cool. And um, it happened again. The bees all disappeared, and there was a, bunch of, a lot of dead bees, and they're thinking, oh, my God, they killed them. They, they kill them out again. So I did it a second time, and then I actually made three splits off that hive. Um, and at the end of the year, they were just struggling. They were just – they were – weak always weak they're always getting bothered by the hive next to them so you know i just kind of you know cashed out on that hive thinking okay well we'll just let them go and i'll i'll, I'll take the honey off for myself yeah because they're, they're all dead anyways um so um that was pretty much the experience here at the house bee yard was that the the nuke bo- stacking the the five frame nuke boxes up vertically m- more closely mimics a tree and their natural environment um, and they they like to work up. They just they kept moving up, moving up, moving up, and then um, that was a lot. That, that we we, I, we felt like the ten frame boxes they were just too big. The bees were too sluggish. Took them too long. Um, but the five frame nukes they exploded, um, and we learned why. You know, researching and, and learning things later later on in the year um, that both hives eventually died. Um, the the Russian hive was alive clear through. Um, we had that warm snap in January, um, and what I actually think happened, and I, I, I just learned this recently, I opened up the hive, and there was an, there was an entire cluster, including the queen, and this was it was this was a day where it just reached about 50, you know fifty degrees from being like really really cold. Yeah. Well, I opened up the hive, and I've got pictures of, of the bees. I thought they were dead. I don't think they were. They actually go into like a, a super high dormancy mode. Yeah. And they won't break cluster until they actually get warm enough. Then they'll slowly start to move. Yeah. Well, I end up getting them out and moving all the bees around and, um, you know, taking pictures and things like that. And it was still just barely warm enough for them to, 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 to get going. I put the hives back and I checked on them. And, um, in February, we had a, a warm snap and they were all dead at the bottom of the hive, looking completely different than they did. So I think what had happened is they were in dormancy. And you killed them? And I, well, I, yeah, pretty much. I opened them up. Uh, I looked at them. I was messing around with them. Yeah. And they were actually, and uh, they were holding their 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 their, their cluster pattern um, to stay warm. And, and this I is your very up. first year. right? This is the very first. Yeah, this is yeah, the, the yeah, first yeah. year we're talking. So we learned. I mean, we learned so much. Yeah, yeah. You know, so quick. Well, because it's interesting too, um, because we were in that course, and now it's like, and you went, we went. Um, 
when we joined the B Club, like I joined because you were like you put it in the Ohio GSD thing. Hey, I'm going to this B thing, and and Joel Joel and I both wanted to do bees, and I mainly was just doing it to learn. Like I was just like, you know what, I it'd be cool to learn and and get involved because like when when Michael came, I went I went with him. I listened to him talk to Rob about bees. And then it's like whenever he's around, everyone wants to ask him about bees and they have a little bit of experience. So I'm just kind of a fly on the wall and listen to him what he does. And so it was it was interesting because it's like I had learned a lot just from listening to him. And then when we went to that course, they had explained a lot of that stuff, like just like just even little things like how they cluster together to stay warm. But I think, you know, because I think the I think it's interesting because you're so like you're like, look you get started and then learn on your way, which is the way to do things. But it's like, you learn a lot quicker when you make mistakes. I mean, Oh sure. And it's just like, I mean, for, for your first year of beekeeping, it's hard to tell that your bees are in dormancy. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, I, if I wouldn't have gone to that course, there's no way I, I probably, I think a lot of people do the same thing. Cause I think a lot of people that, that probably listen or people like us that are going to be, Oh no, I'm just going to do bees and mm-hmm. I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. I can watch some Michael Bush stuff for free online or I can read this book. And, and even then it's like, so I, th- I think that's, that's the move. That's the move to make. Uh, but anyways, uh, so that's your first year. So, yeah. And then what happened during your second year? Well, this is our, this is our second year. This is this year. Got, okay. Yeah, so last, year. last okay. year was the first year. So the house, the house apiary, they, uh, they ultimately, Hey, we had one hive that was that had survived um, up through January over there at the farm. Yeah. Those bees were doing incredible. Um, they were making lots of honey, lots of numbers. Um, it took them a lot longer to get started because we put them in those ten frame boxes. Yeah, um, and they just got ate up with, with 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 varroa mites. You know, varroa mites are these these little because they were strong in October when we were here in October. Like all your hives, oh, they were, were buzzing. Yeah, yeah, they were rolling strong. So you had the two, you had the two. Um, at the one side of the property, and then the other side was your was your wild swarm. Yeah, exactly. Those those two that were just under the orchard, looking up to like the pond and all the trees and all that. Um, those ones they were doing really great. Um, they got they got hit pretty hard with with, with varroa mite, which um, it's varroa mite's not a um, a a disease, a disease or a result of, of poor beekeeping. It's it's that's what happens with bees. Yeah, uh, the the varroa mite will move in and lay in, into. Uh, the, the the brood cells and they they attach to the larva and cling on and then they kind of, they kind of hatch out with the new bees and they're like a parasite they just they just rob them of energy of nutrients um, and you have all, all kinds of things like deformed wings and the way they the way they behave um, are kind of results of that but it's kind of like having being born with a deer tick on you and it's just sucking the life out of you from a baby all the way through. They do things to try to, to get them to groom off and to get them to fall off. And, you know, some bees are better at chewing the heads off of those mites than others and things. But um, I guess the Russians, Michael swears the Russians. I think that's he, why he likes them. Yeah, those. And I think he's running some, uh, I think some, some Minnesota hygienics, which are um, really aggressive, uh, um, kind of at, he, at doing that. And also, too, I think it's interesting to say, like, uh, where he's at because his bees have to fend off bears. Like he wants high aggressive bees. Like he's trying to breed them with Africanized bees and everything. Mm-hmm. So they're extra aggressive, and it, it makes sense. Like we don't have we don't have beer, bears here yet. I guess bears are making their way down, from my understanding. Uh, but we don't have them here yet. So it's it's it. You don't. 
I think we're, we it's it's nice for us in our area to where we don't necessarily need like the I think our biggest predator for bees are probably mites and then skunks. Yeah, well, like uh, all all regular you know cell bees are going to have you know yeah m- mites are, are inherent. It's like you know saying yeah. I'm going to walk out through any stretch of pasture or like you know brushy woodland pasture. Um, you're, you're going to get ticks. Yeah, it's, it's kind of the same thing you know with. With, with with honeybees, there's things you can do to manage that, you know, to help to keep those numbers down. And I wasn't about any of it last year. You know what what yeah. most folks do is they'll um, they'll use it, an oxalic acid vaporizer, and they'll fog the inside of their hives. Um, you know, I, I'm not a, I'm not a scientist, um, but to me, the less inputs I can put inside of the hive, to me. Um, that's the kind of a, of a product that I want to consume myself. Yeah. Um, you know, last year, like I said, we, we fed the, a couple of the hives here, sugar, um, and essential oils. Um, when we would go work the bees, we would mix up like a sugar spray with some essential oils in it, um, to kind of help them along. But, um, you know, that's, you, you, you could, you could argue that anything that you do to, to manipulate the hive is a um, treatment, is a treatment. Yeah. moving frames, switching boxes, checkerboarding frames, um, even splitting hives um, is considered a, a treatment. Anything that that you're doing, yeah. But if if you're a beekeeper, you know, if you just have a regular hive, you're not touching, you're not managing, you're not treating. Well, then you have to be good with the results of the bees doing what's best for them. And yeah. what's typically going to happen is they're going to leave. Is they're going to leave? They're going to yeah. multiply in that space, um, even if it's a space they decide they want to move into. Yeah, you know, they're going to multiply. You know, and then all of a sudden, the the worker bees are going to say, "Hey, we don't have enough space. Let's draw out a queen cell because this queen obviously doesn't know what she's doing." Yeah, they're going to hatch a new queen. They're going to leave with her. Yeah. So, if you're okay with that, then that's fine. You know, but if you're trying to manage the bees, you know, for um any kind of a surplus for yourself, whether it's honey, whether it's to make bees, um, or just for pollination, the name the name of the game is to is to keep bees alive. So. You have to get good with a management style, mm-hmm. um, and and kind of go with that. There's lots of tons and tons that we're switching. How we're we're, we're totally switching our management style um, this year, so so we can try to mimic more natural systems. So rather than going from eight frame hives, we're going to go down to eight frame. Last year we ra- we ran eight. Uh, we ran ten frame Langstroth deep boxes, um, and then. I saw firsthand what that looked like for us. Mm-hmm. So um, with a lot of research, there's, there's, there's a lot of really neat um, kind of old school. I don't want to say hippie beekeepers, but um, there's beekeepers that have, have figured this out a long time ago and, and they've, they've got all this work out there. A lot of uh, um, experiential data that shows, you know, eight frame mediums, um, the brood chambers build quicker um, and they want to put on a lot more honey and they're healthier. Yeah. So this year, you know, with um, with with the GSD crew, we were out here for an entire day, and we built. Um, God, I can't even remember now. I think we built thirty seven, thirty seven complete hives. Yeah, uh, that's a, a brood box, two boxes above. That's so three boxes, a top lid, and a screen bottom board. We built um, so all those complete hives. Yeah, it was it was fun too. I think even for me because it was like I'm not. I mean, as you know, like I I don't have a lot of. I'm not very good with skilled labor a lot of times, but I got the I got it, the hang of it towards the end. It's not like 
the boxes I built were probably not as good as Nick Stacialty's, but watching him fly through them and helping people. He's a professional woodworker. Yeah, he he went. He was. I think he was blown by everybody. But I mean, it it was just cool. I mean, like everybody was having fun, and I think that's what makes those events so special because we have uh, it. You know, just just because it's like we had stations, and it's like we set up little assembly lines, right? And then we just we just blow through work and uh that was that was fun i think i had uh because it was it was it was pretty interesting because we're all kind of first-time beekeepers uh most of us were and i think that's so it when you to get into beekeeping it's so expensive too and, it, and it's even because we were looking into getting our own hives and i remember where michael said to do it he said it's 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 a pretty good deal it was like 220 bucks i think for a langstrom what did he Langstrom? yeah no, that's unassembled yeah unassembled yeah you're like 250 300 bucks assembled then you have shipping charges on top of all that which is like another 100 bucks so you're yeah. usually like 300 dollars for an got, assembled hive to show up to, to 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 begin your experience and we got it down to 60 bucks a hive 60 I mean, bucks a hive yeah which was a steal and and, we're, and i still got to order you know my foundation and uh and uh frames but i mean that's i mean that that's easy that's something that can easily be done and uh we're sitting here now and you're you're in the middle of constructing the rest of your frames because you're doing everything from scratch and uh junior farm manager jake's just been knocking these out oh man he's 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 motivated to be an entrepreneur he's he's making money uh putting frames together we got him a jig built and he's slapping together eight at a time and i think right now It's probably, and we're looking at stacks and stacks and stacks of, we have, you know, some frames that are just assembled, no wire, some frames that are wired, some frames that are wired and have uh, some wax foundation cross wired to them. We're doing a couple different things um, with how we're going to try to manage the bees this year. So we've got some different management goals with all that. But Jake's, he's really taken to um, building these frames. All the kids were out here the other day and um, helping out, putting eyelets into the sidebars, assembling them, uh, stacking them, getting them going, helping wiring. It's a yeah. family. You know, when we do this kind of thing. It's like, yeah, it's great to keep bees, but you know, at the end of the day, if 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 we can't have the kids involved and they're not a part of it and helping and learning and what's the point? And, and actually taking ownership, yeah. you know, of what we're doing. Then what's the point? Yeah. No, it was really cool because we were we were going to try to record this that day, but it was it was raining outside. Yeah. And then we got started with work, and it was just like. Let's just do this later. Like, yeah, you guys to, are cranking them out, and it's yeah, like, yeah. man, you already started. I was like, let's. I can just come back because I had to get more wood chips anyway. So I was like, uh, yeah, like we'll, we could just do this Saturday. And it, but it was cool. I mean, just even like the little assembly line. Like I was, Jake was Jake was flying through, even putting the little. I was trying to help, and the little metal things. I kept I kept fucking it up, putting it in the for the to wire the frames. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh man!" And Jake's just knocking him out, and I'm just like, "Yeah, I'm gonna let Jake Jake do this because I I feel <laughs> I feel inadequate right now." <laughs> well, it's, a, it's, a, it's a learning curve. It's, it it's is, a new, yeah. and you know, for you know, for some, everyone's gonna be different, especially with their fine motor skills. Yeah, you know, Nate is he has his strengths and his weaknesses, and Jake the same. Yeah, you know, where Jake really excels at slapping these frames together and using the nailer and getting them glued just right, and you know. It takes Nate a little bit longer to do that. Yeah, you know, it's not that it, they have their strengths and weaknesses. So it's like, okay, let's let's play to those. Yeah, to set everybody up for success. So, you know, Nate was putting the eyelets in the sidebars, and then he did that for a while. And Jake slapping these frames together, and 
then we just find something else for you know Nate or that you know, the girls were here they wanted to help and Ben's wanting to help and you know Ben's pulling the trigger on the nailer while I'm holding it in place and it it takes it ten times longer but you know everyone's like I said they're 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 taking ownership of it yeah and they're and they're kind of um you know you know digging in deep which which is another why so so this year like I said we're switching all to eight frame boxes so we're gonna have two B yards one here at the house. Um, they're going to all be eight frame mediums all the yeah. way up. Um, and we're, we're bringing in, um, small cell bees, which are rare here in Ohio. And the reason why you got this idea for the small cell bees are because of your swarm, correct? Well, or it was a mix of that. It, it, I, I had heard about small cell bees before the, 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 the we, we accidentally caught a swarm. Um, but I noticed, um, at the farm, we had an empty frame or an, an empty hive body. And we had it baited with some lemongrass oil. It was on one cinder block high. It wasn't in the typical bait location, bait height, things like that. And uh, a whole uh, swarm had moved in and were doing really, really good. And they had made it all the way through the winter. Um, they were alive even through January. Um, but they, they also died. We had a, this was probably, it's one of the, the worst years um, in, in the long term history. Of course, you know, most people know our cow died. Yeah. Um, over the winter, uh, you know, from, from pneumonia, we would have it would it would be like thirty three degrees and rain for like four days straight, and then be like eighteen for the high for a day. Yeah, and then it would rain again, um, and then it would, it would get down way below freezing, and that's tough on on any outdoor animal. Um, you know, and especially the bees. They're you know, I don't I don't think the cold kills the bees. I think it's the moisture. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, so now we're, we're going to learn and, and, and make some changes on as far as whether or not to use inner covers, screen bottom boards, um, you know, things like that. Because, you know, I think it's moisture kills the bees. When you look at the bees um, and they're all dead and you start to see them that they look a little bit fuzzy, like they've got some mildew growth on them, that should be your first sign that, hey, there's not enough ventilation in this hive. What can I do yeah. to avoid that? Um, so this year, we're not, I don't, we're not, I'm, not, I'm not even going to use inner covers. I'm popping all those off. Um, I'll probably use screen bottom boards because I have them all built, but I'm probably going to go to a solid bottom board with like one inch holes in the boxes um, to really, really get a lot of ventilation in there. And they can stay warm enough by, by clustering, especially if they have food. Yeah. Um, and if we, you know, close them up, crowd them to like a, to one box high, you know, my thought was, okay, let me stack these boxes up in the wintertime so they have all this extra airspace so they can stay warm. Well, I think it's, I think it's the exact opposite, you know, learning what, what we have along the way is, you know, if I think what we're going to do this year going into the wintertime is we're going to crowd them down into one box yeah, and let, let them have their honey source right next to them. You know, it's, it's like a two story house, you know, an old two story house, you know, folks would close off the second story cause it would always get cold Yeah, blankets and sheets and the whole nine yards and they couldn't ever keep all that warm. I think it's the same thing with the bees. They can't keep that second story warm. Um, so if we can close them off, keep them, you know, crowd them down, they'll, they're going to do a little bit better. But the swarm at the high or the swarm at, at the swarm at the farm that came in, they were a much smaller bee. They were like three quarter of the size, yeah. maybe even more than that smaller. And they were just, they were calmer. They were more deliberate in their action. Um, and they, they, they were growing way faster than any other bee that we had here. You know that 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 could have been feral bees that came from my trees here yeah. at, 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 in the woods here at the farm, or it could have been somebody else's bees. That you know, when you talk about buying nukes or buying packages or or catching swarms, you know, 
it's it's a it's a crapshoot with catching swarms because you could be you you could be catching somebody else's poorly managed bees within yeah. a five mile radius of yourself, yeah. and that happens a lot. You know, a lot of folks talk about they catch a swarm, the queen's marked. Well, yeah. that's not a feral bee. That's yeah. not a feral queen. You know yeah. that that queen took off. You know, so that could be problematic. It could also be a really good thing. They could be you know building way faster than the beekeeper can manage, and you you could set yourself up to make a lot of splits and make a lot of bees. Or sometimes you can just catch feral bees that have been, you know, wild for two or three years. Um, you know, many, many years ago, AI root um, upsized the bees from about a 4.7 or 4.9 millimeter size cell yeah. over 10, 10 cells um, to a larger bee so they can come in. And uh, the idea was let's make these bees bigger um, so they bring in more honey for production. Um, and in and, and doing so, things like varroa mite and, and trachea mite started to follow um, those those bees to where we now have big problems with both yeah. on large cell bees, but we bigger noticed, isn't always better. No, and we we noticed the health and vigor of the smaller of those smaller bees. I'm like man, there's there might be something to that. At the same time, we're learning about small cell bees and D Lusby's work, and um, there's a lot of guys down to fat bee man. Um, there's there's folks up in the, even the northeast Connecticut, Maine that that are doing small cell bees, um, and they what their experience is showing is that. It's it's a smaller bee, so uh, simple things that that attack and can wipe out um, normal conventional bees um, is, is a tracheal mite, and the the mite lives inside the trachea of the bee. Yeah. Well, that that tracheal mite is is a specific size. Yeah. Um, and it, it fits inside of the trachea of a large cell bee. The the what experiential data is showing is that. Bees that are smaller and have a smaller trachea, those trachea mites can't even reside into, so they yeah. don't. So they don't have those problems. Um, so that's like that's automatically upping your percentages of of success, and 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 for for hive thriving and getting through the winter. Absolutely, that's like one thing. The other thing is is varroa mite. No matter what you do, you will have varroa mite. Um, there's lots of ways, like we talked about, you can do to prevent that. You can you know use you can fogging agents. Um, you can try to use essential oil to discourage them from laying inside of the comb, inside the, the, the brood chamber. Um, but a lot of folks have experiential data that indicates that a small cell bee, because they're smaller in diameter, they make a smaller cell size in the frame. Um, and in doing that, varroa mites don't prefer that smaller cell. Therefore, they tend to lay less in those or not at all in some cases. Yeah. So that's automatically setting yourself up for like another 10, 20% improvement on the health of the colony. Um, and also, you know, we're going back to the older size of the. Okay, we're back after the brief. Yeah, see, look, it started at three and then it went just back down to one. So okay. I think we got time that. Yeah. So I don't, I I need to bring fresh. The battery, the, ba- the, the battery dies, what he's trying to say. And we're yeah. trying to pick up where we, we just kept rambling. That's what we do. Is we we just talk. We talk, ramble. Talk. You were taught, okay, so what we last finished on was you were doing, so you're trying to get back to small cell bees because that's what bees are naturally supposed to be. Um, so this is my question for you because I, th- I think, you know, m- our goals are very different because it's my first year. Um, I don't, I'm not buying bees, so we have different goals because it's like I have to really focus on having, you know, just because it's like getting started in, in, in business, it's like, I, I, we're going to have, I think we're going to have similar treatment approaches because it's like, I, I, I don't, 
I can't afford to put or lack of treatment or lack of treatment. Yeah, because I can't afford to put a lot of money into it because, um, you know, I'm, I'm really bootstrapping right now. And uh, so my thinking was is so. Oh, yeah. So this is what I wanted to segue into before we go into my goals is what made you decide to join the B club this year? Well, I heard guys like Michael Jordan and, and other beekeepers, you know, say, you know, look, find mentorship, uh, jo- join your local bee club. Um, and so it's well and good for me to wing it. And that and that's great. But we homeschool our kids, yeah. you know, so we're, we're always looking for opportunities for, you know, real life, hands on uh, education. And, you know, it's it's easy to get trapped into the, you know, I do everything my way and that's what we're going to teach our kids. So we like to, to branch out and to get, um, you know, different approaches and different, edu- you know, different forms of education. Like here in a couple of weeks, we're going to head out West and go to Colorado, uh, and, and visit Daniel Freeman and his farm at Michael Jordan's, uh, upcoming B class for a couple of days out there just to get some hands-on experience for all the kids. Yeah. Um, and so, for that same reason, you know, we want to get involved here locally, not because we want to mimic what they do um, or do everything the way, but we want what we want to listen to what they have to say. You know, their struggles, their 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 wins. We want to learn from that. Um, and there's a lot of you know, like like we had talked about. You know, we I think when when you and I first went into our local B club meeting. You know, we were expecting to be like heavy on the treatments and, to, you know, to be, to be yeah. uh, not real supportive of alternative ways to keep bees. And when it turned out that most people are treating them um, with lack of treatments. Yeah. yeah, we were having a conversation going in like, look, even if we don't agree with what we're saying, we can still learn from what they're saying. Exactly. And, and then we were pleasantly surprised. I mean, everybody, you know, every it, and that was the cool thing, and it was, it's something Michael Jordan said. And the first thing they say is, you get 15 beekeepers in the room, and you ask somebody a problem or a solution, or how would you do something, and you'll get you know 25 answers. Yeah. And it's yeah, and it's and it, it's so true. And it, it was cool because uh, a lot of people were actually you know similar to us, like the 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 guy that I think his name was Mark. Um, he was the the guy who who finished the court the class because because mm. Russ had to leave early. And, uh, and everybody was so nice. Like, I mean, it was, it was really, it was like, oh man, like this is more so of what we were looking for than what we realized it would be. And I think that, that was a, that was, it was like a, it was like a, a relief. And, and also too, just like what Michael said, um, when I, when I did that podcast with him is what we paid. I mean, we got a free book, we got free meals, we got education, we got two different memberships to, to oh it's already paid for itself yeah and we're just getting started with the year yeah and i haven't even been to a i haven't even been to an, a, a monthly meeting yet like i've missed the last two but i've been big time in these meetings but it's like okay i need to really go go to these yeah. meetings well it's a perspective thing though too yeah they, they come in you know we, we've been to the, all the, the b meetings and you just pick up every time you're there you pick up on something um you know uh, hearing about the clusters dying out and um, what people are doing and why also there's like a, you know, I also like to go because there's a, you know, some people have a certain approach um, yeah. and they, they, they'll hear information and they'll just spit that out as, as, as though it's a singular truth for yeah. everybody. And so I, I like to listen for those because um, at least in my experience, nine times out of 10, that's not the case at all. Yeah. They're just spewing and recycling something they've heard from somewhere else. 
Yeah, when somebody has a conviction from their own experience, it's usually I, I like to. I mean, I definitely respect that because it's like, even if I don't agree with it, or even if my experience is going to be different, it's it's for me. It's always okay. I understand why you have that perspective, like that, and it, and it's like there's some truth to what you're saying. It might not be. It might not yeah. apply for me. And you, you ever notice how passionate people are about information that they don't necessarily have the experience yeah, on yet? Yeah. Like if you talk to an, anyone who's experienced and you ask them a question whether it's non-GMO or how to keep bees or whether they should buy a Chevy or a Ford, you know, the old timers are like, well, here's what I did and here's why it didn't work. And here's why it did work. Yeah. And then you decide You talk to someone who's new and green in it and they're, you know, get on top of a soap box and they're, they're flying flags and they're running in circles and they're out of breath because they're, you know, they, they, they want to get their point across. And you hear that a lot, even at the, at the bee club with folks, um, you know, even talking with with some of the uh, the, the folks um, here at our local bee club, you know, if you I mentioned that there's no one doing small cell bees, and that I want to do those, and the first thing they do they want to shut you down and tell, oh, it's not going to work, it's not going to work, it's not yeah. going to work, yeah, it's not going to work. And then you know, then I ask him, oh yeah, do you, do you know anyone personally that's doing them? That's actually doing them, or have you? Do you have experiential data to show either way? Well, no, but I just know it. I'm like, okay, well, I've heard enough. I said. You know, and, and respectfully, I'm like, look, this is why I'm doing it because no one's doing it around here. Uh, and if this does work, this is kind of a huge thing, for, at least for me and, and yeah. my management styles. I, I don't want to, I don't want to have I, you know, whether it's the animals or um, tree stock here for the nursery or bees. I don't want stuff that needs a whole lot of me. The only thing that I want to want that that needs me are my wife and kids. Yeah, yeah. I think even and 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 I. And, and I think that's kind of the, the ethos of maybe that's the wrong word to use. I'm trying to get fancy here, Greg. Mm. But it's it's like the uh, the spirit of your farm. And I think it that's I mean, there's a reason why you call it nature's image farm. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I think that I think that makes sense, man. And I, I'm excited, too, because if you get good small scale, small cell bees going, I'm excited just for our community, because right. within our community, if you're doing it and it's working, everybody else is going to want to get on board. Right. And, and I think that's that's kind of it. And I think, uh, you know, I'm excited for it. And, and, and that was it. And that, I, you know, I, I think uh, so I was happy to be a part of of the bee community. And what I got out of it as a new newbie was because my goal isn't to buy bees. My, my goal is to catch swarms. And I, I need a I need to network with Jim still the the crazy guy that broke his neck trying to oh, catch, catch swarms yeah and he still does it yeah. and he's in his like his sixties or seventies I'm like that's my kind of person dude that's that loves bees that much and is that crazy yeah and uh, so I want to catch swarms and so my goal this year is to just have a hive to winter and like have hives going to winter one hive or two hives i would like to have two okay. because i have two hives so we got to we got to catch you one hive yeah catch you catch one swarm and then try to split it and put the other so one what are your goals to get that hive even to the winter so hmm so i i think the biggest thing is i need to have i think i need to have a, a hive going by what july at least well you know, here they're going to be, you know, bees Bees tend to swarm when they run out of room Yeah. Um, in the hive where something is just dead wrong with the queen. She's not yeah. doing her job, then they, they can swarm then too. Um, so right now the, the bees are bringing in the pollen. You know, pollen is baby bee food. So yeah. that, mean, that means, that means the, the queen's laying. Um, the brood chamber should be full. Um, we, we, should, we should be seeing swarms here really any time. Yeah, so then what I need to do, likely... 
is I need to get my foundations. I need to get my hives painted and get those set up so I can just put, I think, I think the first thing I'm going to do, and it's something that Shane, Shane said, and just do what you did with your swarm is just put a little swarm trap within the hives and see what happens. And then get in the, get in the group and, and when they're going to catch swarms, go, go with somebody from the club to catch swarms and say, look, I got empty high. I got two empty hives. Let's throw one in there. And then I, I guess, you know, there, there is the issue with, with, you know, they're not always healthy bees when they swarm, but I think, you know, having, I think just getting started and, and getting some experience this year, that's, that's, uh, that's my biggest goal. I would love, I think ultimate goals to have two healthy hives going into winter and seeing if I could get them to survive in the winter time. Um, you know, I have zero goals for honey. Uh, I don't, because I, I think it's, the expectation of getting honey in your first year from a healthy swarm, I, from my understanding, is just a bad idea. Um, uh, so that that's mainly what I'm looking for, just to get some experience and to to have have some bees there. I think if your goal is to get bees into the winter, yeah, you got to have bees to start with. Yes, um, and since if your if your management goal is to catch a swarm to do that, I think. The first idea is to get a swarm trap out. Yeah. Um, which means you need to have a couple frames with either uh, uh, some either some drawn out comb or some a foundation strip at the top uh, inside of a of a small box, um, and bait that with some lemongrass oil to attract bees to that box and say, "Hey, this smells like bees have been here. This looks like a good place to to hang out." And then they'll go back and forth tell tell the colony, "Hey, there's a, there's a place we can we can go to when we're ready to go." And then Hopefully bees will show up. That's, you know, one way you could set a couple of those in a couple of different places. Yeah. Um, I think even just amongst my property, like I'm in the center of the yeah. city. And like, I, do you think you're going to get around to, you know, we, when, um, when we had the, the hive built here, we were talking about the, the swarm traps. Yeah. We had some pretty eager goals for that day. And what's crazy is like, I'm pretty happy with the 37 boxes, but I was just at Shane's. Oh no, we had a hundred and some boxes. We had oh, yeah, 30 yeah, some yeah, sorry. complete hives. Yeah. 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 And, uh, Shane still felt bad that he couldn't come and talk to us about bees. I'm like, honestly, there wasn't Shane, any time. There wasn't any time. No, we man. were hustling. We, you know, Dad came up from Georgia and he had he had his equipment. Um, had Shout out equi- to Greg Burns senior. senior. Yeah, yeah. He he got started ahead of time to to get some of these figured out. Me and the boys went to our our local bee club uh, hive build day and learned a ton, um, a lot from them. And so we kind of put you know what Dad had figured out on his own, what I had figured out from the the bee club here. And then we just burns it all up, which just I means you just fly by the suit of our pants. You know, get it was the, pretty successful. Get the assembly line going. We knocked you know a bunch out. I mean, we had. I mean, I think the idea with that was is to get our local community into keeping bees yeah. at an affordable price, not only you know so they can get into it and have that joy and happiness for their own life, but yeah. help keep the bee population up too. Yeah, and I think the nice thing is too, the us coming together and building it together, like you, I like I we were saying earlier. Getting started in bees, it can be daunting because it's a financial investment. It's huge. You can reduce that investment. Yeah. Then you can afford to take, you feel like you can afford to take a little bit of risk, especially if you are just catching swarms. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, I mean, that, that was exactly it. Cause it was like, man, I, I was, I wanted to be a member because they have like the, they have the big, you know, they have the bee yard that we can learn and experience and not kill our own bees with. Um, and I think that's, that's, uh, I mean, that's, that's great for learning. 
Um, so that that would be enough experience. I mean, that would have been enough money's worth for that experience there. But now that you know, with you know, with the help of of everyone that was here, you know, Gary Miracle or the Miracles, uh, the Blasks. Uh, yeah, James Blask is here. The Miracles were here. Joel, we had old Jimmy, Joel Jimmy Harris, Collins Sam came Harris. all the way down from yeah, from Collins. from up north. Of course, James came from uh, came down from Cleveland. We had um, Kurt Henry came in from Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, let's see. Then moving moving west, of course. Then we had uh, the Fogels of Black Fork Farm. Yeah. They came down. Um, who else? Sean Brown here at Sean Sweet, Brown? Sweet Meadows. Yeah. He, yeah. They, he he came and helped out. He was there actually. He he came, he came in the day before the day too. Before and helped, yeah, him and I were both here. Stuff yeah. Set up. Yep. Helping us make it happen. Um, the Harrises, the whole yep. Harris squad came of uh, heirloom produce. Yeah, heirloom produce, yeah. Joel yeah. and Samantha, yeah, they were they were here as well. Uh, Nick Stacholdy, Simply Food Farms. He was really making it happen with his. He's got he's, he, he's yeah he's very experienced with woodworking because he he works for a cabinet uh, manufacturer. So there he's used to all this kind of stuff and just really I mean really talented when it comes to putting those kind of things together. That helped out um, a lot. Let's see, we had. Um, Jeff and, Jeff and uh, Terry. Jeff and Terry yeah, were here. They were here helping out. That was a huge help, especially with the kids. Um, I think who else? Who else was here? We're probably forgetting somebody. Oh, the Walkers. The Walkers. Rosemary and Aaron Walker Yeah, uh, from Earth Rocker Ranch. They came all the way down from, they're up near towards like Mentor, up up at, not too far from James, up in Cleveland. They uh, they, they came down. Paul and uh, Katie. Yeah, Paul Waller and Katie Sorokas. They, they were here. They were building hives. Their their place is um, Heartland Homestead. Yeah, John Johnstown. Yep. Um, I mean, there, was, there were so many people in here. I feel like I'm forgetting somebody because it was sure just. I mean, it are. was like that that photo that we posted on the, yeah. the GSD crew page. I mean, there we had a ton of people. I think Maybe was, somebody was joking when they said people were standing or a lot of standing around. But what people don't know is when we have events, there's so many people willing to work. Right. That you just end up getting stand, standing around, and then. Somebody will ask you, "Do you want to jump in?" And then you jump in, and we yeah. kind of take shifts. And there's like you know, there, there's folks that that automatically cling to a certain task because they yeah. already have a skill built in that area, and they're comfortable. And then it. they'll usually take somebody with them that's not as skilled. Yep. And then and before you them. before you know it, you have everybody who you know moving forward. Anyone who wants to assemble their own boxes w- won't be afraid to do it. No. Um. No. They can just they can just you know bang it out. So, um, man, I feel like we're leaving somebody out here. Feel like I should pull up the photo. Pull up the photo and double my, check. Uh, but uh, yeah, so so we were we were doing that, and there was a lot of there was a lot of people, and um, you know, the cool thing is, is we have a, a, a baseline for like valuable education. Yeah, like you know, there's nowhere else you're gonna go and, and learn how to do this other than just getting with like-minded folks to do it. You could go. Yeah, I'm sure there's a paid workshop. You could go somewhere and how to build beehives, and you're gonna you know spend X amount of dollars and still not have the. You don't own it. You don't no. own what you just did. Like when you come together as a community yeah. and work together for the same common goal, you know yeah. that kind of ties into what we always do with with all the with the with the Ohio GSD crew is, you know, we we get together and we we you know we we tackle things that we've never tackled before, and we make it happen. Yeah, and then we, I mean, we I'd never built a fence either, and I think even just a fence build, and you know, Paul's asking me, "What do you think?" I'm like, "I have no idea, man." Like he was going to get a cattle panel. And then you came and you're like, no, we can just run the fence a couple, we could just run it a couple different ways. And sure enough, we got, I mean, we got in one day, we got something that would have probably taken him and Katie just doing it in their free time, probably months. And I, and I think that's just the power of community. And I think, you know, so, so naturally, 
if, if this community that that likes to you know get shit done comes together and continues to do that i mean it's going to be easier with bees and uh the cool thing is too like the 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 bocrises and the harrises are in a different bee club and they're you know so they're going to be starting out with bees too and i think uh so and i think it's only going to grow from there i think you know even if there's just four of us you know four four that are in active bee clubs in the area just because we're there it's it gives us a reason to go hang out with one another too. Well, yeah, and it, it gives us you know there's we're all learning at different at different levels and or different speeds at you know different journey different goals and um you know that's valuable information that we can learn and pass on to when folks already like uh, our good friends uh, Jeremy and Liz Hill were here help, yeah. helping us out and you know they they don't have bees right now they're building their homestead right now and making things happen out there you know they're it's great because we I think out of everyone I've ever known. I've known the Hills uh, since right when Susan and I were married and we're moving. Actually, you know, Jeremy Hill was probably the first first adaption of a real hillbilly I, I ever knew. Yeah. You know, Susan said, hey, you know, because Susan and, and, and Liz were going to um, uh, a medical assisting school right out of high school. And that's that's where they had met. And uh, when they before they graduated, Susan and I were moving out of our apartment. We had just gotten married and uh, we were trying to find someplace bigger. And... Um, she says, yeah, my, my friend Liz and her husband Jeremy are going to come help us move. Well, to me, you know, just being, you know, a suburbanite, you know, somebody you don't know that's going to show up and help you move. You're like, what? That's yeah. that's not what, what people do. You have to hire a moving company or, you know, try to talk some of your friends into doing that. And when you're that young, you really not, you don't have a solid base of friends to choose from. So then you got to rely on family and then you have to deal with your family. Yeah. And, and at that <laughs> point in my life, you know, I, you know. When you're 18, you're like, not, I don't want help from my family. No, Exactly. And then so Jeremy shows up with a, a pickup truck, and I had never met him. Um, and he's like, "Yeah, let's get you moved," and it just just made made it happen. And so you know, getting to know him has been awesome, of course, and their family. And you know, his his dad down in Southern Ohio is a is a real hillbilly, like a for real yeah. one. He doesn't need a cool hat like you and I have. No, no. But uh, I learned cool an awful hats. lot from from Mike Hill too. But um, that, that that's kind of the spirit I think of of the the, the community and why we do all these things so we yeah. can be that person to somebody else, you know. Well, even just people coming to help us butcher a cow that weren't getting any meat, and then you have to fight them to take meat home with them. Yeah, they're like, no, no, I just want, I just want to yeah, get like, help. Like I, I like, it, like James, he wouldn't take any steaks right. he left, and we, we had to like corner Justin. I had to, to yeah, I almost had to, I had to stuff his pockets full of beef. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think, uh, I mean, I, I think that's like a statement, and and always like whenever we get together, like I always want to to give mad love to the community because it's. It's changed everyone's lives involved. It's huge. It's, yeah. uh, it's and it's not. I think what this can be emulated anywhere. You know what no, we do yeah. here. It's not. I, I, I like to think of us all as special and unique. But you know, we're just you know real people trying to do real things. Um, it's just getting started. I it's, think it's, it's just got to put yourself out there and and, yeah. and try to make those strides for your community. But that's another reason why you know when you go to these these local bee meetings. Um, it puts you in mind of, of the kind of the old old timer way where they would go to the, the farmers to go to the Grange meeting, and it probably wasn't about learning techniques. It was more of just a um, uh, a social meetup and a yeah. real in life kind of person kind of a thing. And I, and most of the bee club thing is like that. You know, it's all you know gathered around. You know, we we all eat together. We we learn something. We hang out. Yeah. Um, we're networking, and those things are those are. So I'm glad we joined the, the our local um, East Central Ohio Beekeepers Association because I feel like we're you know, we're, we're networking, we're learning a lot, we're learning a bunch of people. I mean, there's beekeepers here that are literally a mile and a half away in all directions that I met, I would have never known. Yeah. You know, so if I happen to catch bees or they're their bees or they need help, I mean, you know, we're, we can, we can kind of 
you know, network out to that way. But we can learn all kinds of things from all kinds of places. We can kind of um, mull that all down to something that makes sense for us and then go about it. So your approach at your place is going to be based on your experience, your goals, how much you want to do. The same thing here at, at our place. You know, you mentioned you want to get hives into the winter to have some coming out. So if you're going to catch a swarm, you got to get you a box, a swarm box put together. Yeah. Um, you could you could probably use these eight frame boxes, but you got to get some frames and have some some drawn comb to get them excited about being there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, get them some lemongrass oil baited on the front, and then you know you can take. I mean, you could take a package, uh, a set of of, of uh, a bee package, and you could make honey that year. Yeah. If you manage that hive and you crowd them down and you make them multiply and make a lot of bees. Yeah. And then let them work up and you could pull honey off and you might be able to pull enough honey to leave them honey and you honey. Yeah. You know, it's all about management and how, how to do that to where um, the bees have what they need for the winter and then you might get some. But your goal and my goal isn't necessarily to make a, a, a ton of honey. No. You know, that's kind of a, a plus of managing things appropriately. Um, you know, so I think, you know, what you might think about doing is, like I said, getting that swarm box put together. And if you don't have any frames, you know, uh, we're, we're on, like we're, we're, we've been in here talking this morning and it's getting warmed up and I keep hearing bees buzz around, uh, on, under the metal roof here. Cause we've got a swarm trap right outside of the, of the barn. I keep hearing them, you know, as it, as it's warming up now, their, their bees are flying, there's pollen out, you know, there's, there's going to be some swarms that are going to, that are going to happen. So maybe we ought to, before you leave here, get you like a nuke box with, um, some frames in it. And I'll show you how to bait it, take it home, you know, get it up, get it up somewhere. You know, there's a lot, a lot of, lot of talk on get it like twenty feet in the air, ten foot in the air, one foot in the air. I think if I were you, I just would just get it somewhere. I just put it. Yeah, that's you what know? I think. I think, I think you know, ideal is that. But you know, when you caught your swarm, that wasn't up in the air. Yeah, it was. You know, a lot, a lot of them happened. You know, like what we're trying to do is emulate Michael Jordan's what he had had shared on YouTube channel, which is a five gallon bucket with concrete PVC posts that telescope up, and he uses a five gallon bucket on top. Uh, dad and I had the idea of let's put a, uh, a temporary nuke box, which is lightweight on top of there instead of the five gallon bucket and go ahead and drop some frames in there. My thinking is if, if we go ahead and drop frames in there and we do catch a swarm, if we're like, you know, four or five, six days before we get to it and figure that out, cause we're not checking our yards every day, you know, then they can already go to work. They can already bring pollen and they can already start to build uh, bees and we can drop those frames right into a box and really, really explode the growth. Um, Rather than if you, you know, I guess when you, when you do the five gallon bucket way, if all you're looking for is just to dump bees in a box that has the queen, that, that, I mean, that's excellent too. And that, that definitely works. But because we are, you know, lo, with low numbers, you know, we're going to come into this year, um, you know, I'm, I'm buying um, five small cell nukes. I got to go pick those up, bring those small scale bees back here. Um, my goals for those bees are just to multiply. Yeah. I'm just going to go crazy and make as many splits as I can. And, and there's a good chance I might get bees from one of your splits. Probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or, or any swarm traps that I that I catch. So at the house, you know, our mansion. So if we talk about if we let, let's talk about you know what we're going to do uh, between now and the next time um, that we we share an episode on what we're doing. Um, the next time we talk is probably going to be about a month from now. Yeah. Um, at that point, I already have my new bees. Yeah, and I'll already be managing those. You'll hopefully have already caught a swarm, and we'll be getting those guys going. Yeah, hopefully I'll have my hive painted, which it'll probably just be me coming out here, yeah, my hive and painting it. Yeah. So, um, I actually probably should have brought it out today, but you guys got other stuff going on, so I was like, I'll I'll just get that later. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure Izzy and the girls will want to paint you up something, so we can just we have this surplus of boxes here. Yeah. We can always just get you going, but get your swarm trap. Try to get you some bees caught. 
and then, you know, be happy with that experience. Yeah, I think that's that's my goal and get that have that foundation ordered and have all that get you stuff some, too. Get you, you know, like there's lots of you know you can order plastic foundation, wax foundation. There's lots of there's there's it's something that you learned. So you said no to plastic. You didn't have any luck. I with had the terrible plastic. luck with plastic, and yeah. Shane, I think Shane did too. But when, yeah. when I um I, I ended up trading Shane a, a whole hog for um all the uh, his equipment that he couldn't use anymore. He approached me uh, because we had met at the at Steve Harbolt's fall workshop. I guess it's been two years back now. Yeah. And uh, Shane got a hold of me and said, Hey, you know, do you want to barter for, for my gear? I, I can't, I'm like deathly allergic now. And I got it. Unfortunately, I have to get out of it, but I'll mentor you, I'll, you know, and say, yeah, let's, let's, let's make something happen. So we did, you know, those 10 frame boxes, I think we're either going to cut them all down, do something different with them. Now that we're have a little bit more of a vision of, of how we want to, you know, keep bees. But, um, you know, it's, you'll, what you'll find is just, how I do something is not the way that you should do something and vice yeah. versa. And and because like on this podcast, if we're talking about eight frame boxes and all mediums, you know, we're talking about our experience and our goals. So I think if we're clear about what our goals are, yeah. then we can be clear and, and honest about our expectations and how we manage. So when folks do listen to this, yeah. they don't do the typical newbie thing where they cling to somebody's advice yeah. and go gung ho on that without understanding the full picture. I, I have zero expectations. I mean, my, my plan is to, my treatment is going to be probably similar to the only one you do. I think every time I interact with my bees, I'm going to do the Michael Jordan approach, do the powdered sugar, mm-hmm. and throw the powdered sugar on the bees to kind of train them and get them used to me and so and to interact with me. And that's going to be my approach for treatment. I think if, if, if it comes to the, the fact that I do need to split a hive or something like that, I'm, I'm going to probably opt to ask you, as somebody in the group, as Shane, mm-hmm. And I, and just be I have, man I don't I don't have any ego involved with these bees. It's like if I can get bees and keep them alive, I'm gonna be happy. And you're gonna learn you're gonna learn a whole lot. You oh know? yeah. And, and the right thing about it, all us all having bee yards is we can all visit each other. Yeah. And see what's going on. And, and it's gonna be different too because I'm in an urban environment. You're out here in right. the deep hills. Yeah. And, uh, and one thing that actually just talking to little John last night apparently. I mean, there might be a good chance I do get some honey. I mean, from the under, from my oh, understanding, you're gonna have so much. You're gonna city, have your floor run's gonna be incredible. And city bees too apparently outproduce uh, rural bees because they forage harder. Yeah, they forage harder, and there's so many there's because everybody's yard metal flowers and clovers Correct. and things. You're gonna, lines, like first you're gonna have lots of yeah, like yeah. where you're at. You're not far from the fairgrounds, and there no. there's like dedicated ornamental flower spots. And I'm not far from a lot of abandoned houses that. Their yards are just growth with wildflower, dandelion, or right. golden, and there's a lot of uh, morning glories. And I mean, every, I mean, there's so many. Every week of the year, you have flowers where Absolutely. you're at. Different I mean, flowers that are coming, and, it, and there's a lot of pollinators that already hit my yard. I am worried that I might get. Uh, I think m- the biggest predator that I'm going to have to deal with are hornets. Um, there's a lot of or yellow jackets. There's a lot of yellow jackets that are. In the in, that I see in, uh, I see a ton of yellow jackets in um, in my property that fly in my hoop house. If you have healthy bees, like that. it's not a pro- that that's won't true. be a problem. They'll they'll guard their entrance. If you have a uh, if you have a colony that's that's getting ate up a little bit, um, yeah. and they're weaker, their their varroa is really kicking their ass. You know, then you could certainly have a problem with jackets coming in, robbing them, and killing them out. The one hive we just checked here at the farm, I think that's what happened because they have puncture wounds. Oh wow! And every single thorax, they're all dead at the bottom. And they, they, that's the the hive, the, the swarm trap that we caught at the farm. There, that's what happened to them. I think as they they finally got they were they weren't real real big numbers going into the winter. Um, I think they did, they just finally lost the battle to robbers. Um, yeah. But um, 
yeah. So so your your goals are is to is the experience. Try to experience. keep try to keep bees going, and um, try to, to get as many bees as you can. I think we can help you if we can get if we can get you a swarm. Yeah. Uh, what you might want to think about is is crowding them out. Like don't even think about making honey yet, but try to get the numbers so high that they need a split. Yeah. And then get two, or maybe do that even three times. Yeah. And then you know at that point you know but if you if you're gonna feed them sugar, you know to keep them going you know the the, the bees need sugar. To, to stay warm, um, if they're going to build, if they're going to build the hive, the first thing they have to do is actually build wax, and they, that wax, like you know, you know, comes from their body. Yeah. When they sweat, they pull it off. Um, so if you feed, if you if you get, if you don't want to feed bees sugar at all, they're going to have really slow growth. They have to get those nutrients somewhere else. It doesn't mean that sugar is going to be in your honey, but they need that to eat to sweat wax to yeah. put the comb on to put the eggs in, and then have those bees come to start be the ones that are going to go fly out and, and the work and bring the honey in. So there's, there's, there's probably so much to it and more than we can even get to in a podcast, but you know, we'll that's get, for next month. Well, yeah, well, that's for next month. My, my goal is to get those small cell nukes here at the house. The house apiary is going to be the small cell apiary. Yeah. And then the, the bee yard at the farm is going to be all the swarms and things that I catch and I'm going to make honey so I can make lots of mead and we use a lot of honey in the kitchen. That, that's my goal too, is honey for mead, honey for mead. And then also too, uh, you know, from my understanding, eating your honey, uh, the the best, the best. So consuming the honey from the bees in your yard, I guess the best benefit to that is that it's going to help you with allergens. Oh, super, yeah, yeah super local food. All, all the histamines and the pollen and thing will help uh, mm-hmm. help you to to create that um, that that protection against what usually ails you. Yeah. you know, th- this time of year, and you know, there's so many benefits to honey, but. Like a lot of us are making hooch out of it, and that's that's, that's our favorite. And, and that's you know, if you buy good honey, you're talking you it's know, eight, eight, ten dollars a pound for good honey. Yeah, I, I cut out, I cut out making meat. That was one of the things I cut out because I didn't, I couldn't. It's like, what could I save money on? Well, I don't want to spend that money on honey to make the to make right. the hooch. So it's like you know, getting putting myself in a position where I have to pr- produce my own or have a position to produce my own honey. That's key. So and if you just have bees in your backyard. You know where you have your urban farm. Yeah, you know that's 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 pretty handy too. I think so too, and I think you know uh, when Rich comes in, Rich is going to want to do some permaculture stuff. And I have, I have so many buds of flowers and everything because I at one time I was like, man, you could make a lot of money selling flowers. So I bought all these seeds that I haven't planted. Yeah, so well, I, they're they're going to range like up to three miles too. Yeah. You know, so they're not just. And it's it's highly likely they're not going to eat things out of your yard. Correct. But the time they they leave your hive and they go on their flight pattern. It's going to be everybody else's, but you can still provide that environment for somebody else's bees or wild bees, or yeah. you just you know just never really know. But I guess the next time we get together, we'll I'll have a whole set of things that we're trying to figure out and work through. But you're going to get you a swarm trap, try to get you some bees caught. For, have for, some have some bee suits. I need to get bee suits. Bee suits, still. a smoker, need, a smoker. Maybe and, we should talk about that in the next episode. Some of the some yeah. of the basic tools, but. Um, yeah, that's that stuff you kind of want to have now. Yeah, and I'll link in the show notes that that conversation I had with Michael Jordan too. Oh, he probably t- yeah, because we talked we talked about everything. Hive tool smoker for starting out with what you need as a beekeeper, and then that was that was actually I think that was your idea. I think you and I talked about why that'd be a good show after the bee course. Yeah, so we set that up, and then we we also talked about this show because. Um, yeah, I think getting into beekeeping can be intimidating, but it's just like everything else. There's nothing to it but to do it. Yeah. And so that's what we are. So people, if people want to contact you, Mr. Burns, what's the best way? They can find us at Nature's Image Farm if they use uh, sample code. 
a sample on the the checkout. Yeah, Yeah. they get ten percent off and free shipping. Yeah, right now uh, we're sitting here in the shenanigan shack, and the your mobile cooler is parked right next to it, uh, and it's loaded full of really amazing uh, fruit and nut trees. I thought that's what what you were using it for. I I said in the last one, like, yeah, we Greg helped me get the cooler working, and I'm pretty sure all of his all of his stock is in there. It's almost everything from uh, apples, pears. Hazelnuts, chestnuts, persimmons, ginkgo biloba, uh, persimmon, plum, mulberry, on and on and on, even black locust. So lots of things for pollinators, uh, lots of things for your own homestead. And, and depending on when, on when this airs, we're actually getting ready to put together uh, a homestead, a Thursday, a homestead so. bundle. Um, it'll, yeah, it'll be, it'll be ready Thursday and Friday um, where we're going to offer a bunch of trees at even, even more of a discounted price with free comfrey. Nice. Um, so there's going to be some homestead and a farmstead bundle that's going to pop out, so folks can get a bunch of trees planted, but have have that variety. Um, but yes, yeah, so they can get a hold of us at naturesimagefarm.com. Um, it's been a really busy spring since we launched the um, the, the website, so we're behind on blog posts, but um, we're going to get some content out there so folks can learn more about our regular day to day life and you know why and what we do around here. Um, they can check out the surplus store, which is there on the website, and they can buy. Um, order all the nursery stock that they want for their own orchard, or, you know, homestead orchard, backyard orchard, um, medicinal plants, things like that. We have a lot, lot to come the rest of the year too, so we're we're pretty excited about that. So naturesimagefarm.com. They can find us on Facebook and Instagram at naturesimagefarm. They can shoot me an email at naturesimagefarm at gmail.com. They can call me on my cell phone at eight six seven five three zero nine. Hilarious. Hopefully, people pick up on that. All right, guys. So thanks for tuning in, and uh, we're looking forward to continuing the season and and bringing more episodes. What, what's this called? Is this a failing backwards? This is a b b forward or buzzing forward? I think it's or? just failing forward or forward uh, beekeeping. Beekeeping, edition. yeah. So I'm doing so I because what I did with the one with Scott, it's like puff app, and then I got to figure out a name because for Joel because me and Joel are going to do one, and then me and Rich are going to do one. I'm going to call this one just Buzz or something. See? Buzz, yeah. Quick. Buzz, Buzzcast. Buzzcast. There you go. Yeah. Buzzcast. Failing forward, Buzzcast. Failing forward, Buzzcast. Um, I like that. Yeah, I like it too, man. So, uh, and uh, yeah. So there we go, guys. So do that. Uh, use code word sample. Get some get some awesome stuff from naturesimagefarm.com. And uh, we look forward to bringing you guys more episodes here soon. See-